Principal Matters Podcast, episode 284. Yeah. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about triumph over tragedy with my special guest, Timothy Alexander, who is actually with me in person, not just through some call through our computers. We are sitting in the room together. Timothy Alexander is a best-selling writer, award-winning speaker, a life coach who thrives at the intersection of character development, counseling, and mentorship. After a life-changing car accident in 2006 that left him paralyzed from the neck down, Timothy has embodied a never-give-up spirit that inspires educators to do the impossible in their schools and lives. Currently, he serves as the character coach for UAB football and women's basketball. He travels across the country sharing his story of resilience in an effort to motivate and inspire student athletes and educators to live their lives to the fullest. You can find out more about him when we share his contact information here in a little while because he's also connected with our dear friends at Growing Leaders. But Timothy Alexander, welcome to Principal Matters Podcast. Uh, feel free to fill in the gap on that intro. And I always like to ask my guests to tell something that listeners may be surprised to know about you. Yep. Well, thank you so much for having me. 284 episode. This is legendary. But again, my name is Timothy Alexander. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. And one thing interesting about me, I am the first paraplegic to ever receive a full ride in football and I never touched the field. So God is faithful. Yes, sir. Well, we're going to hear more about that story because that's an amazing story. And TA, I know that you'll also point people later to your website where they can watch videos. They can see a Ted talk. I mean, there's so much that I want to share with you guys, but it was, it was probably five or six years ago. The first time that I was in a room with you in Atlanta, Georgia, Dr. Tim Elmore had invited us to an event and I was doing a breakout. You were doing a breakout and there was a buzz in that, in that whole um, well, however many people that were there, two or 300 folks that were there, there was a buzz after your presentation that just was kind of humming around the hallways of, did you hear T- Timothy Alexander? Did you hear Timothy Alexander? Uh, because your story is so amazing. And, and I want to give you an opportunity, and I know this is, our podcast is unlimited time, but I want to start with this. Um, painful experiences, and this is a lesson I learned from you, painful experiences and adversity breed resilience. Explain how that has been true for you painful experience has been true for me because no pain no gain you have to be willing to understand in order to get through it i have to grow through it right because we're all trying to get to a destination yea though i walk through the valley right we're all trying to get through a destination but you got to be willing to grow through it and so when you understand about belief through adversity right it's understanding that adversity allows you to be resilient and so i have been i have been having to be resilient every since i was five years old from my environment, from my household, to the education, to the school I grew up in, to being labeled mentally challenged or having a learning disability, having a speaking impediment, just all these different things. But you understand that everything truly does work for your good and towards your uncommon dreams and goals. 
if you press toward adversity, which is endurance wins. And so when I look at that, that's how you triumph over tragedy because you use every problem as a positive. Any problem that comes into your life, you use it as a positive. It's like a warning, right? A great surgeon always tells you, I'm going to cut you. This is your warning. We're going to do surgery, but you're going to be paying a little bit. But these are the things that you can do so that you can come back that you be healthier than you ever been before. But you got to be willing to say, OK, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to grow through this and I'm going to get to this. But a lot of people skip the growing. Right. They just go through it. Right. Didn't learn anything. Just we just did it. Right. And that's not what you want. You want to be able to feel that pain. Right. Embrace it so that you can keep moving forward. Because I know your story and because I've sat through your presentations and um, there there are so many times I remember, Timothy, moments for you where you've had that that wake up call of this is what I want to do next, whether that was when you were laying in the hospital after your accident, or whether that was when you decided I'm going back to school, or whether that was when you decided I'm going to become a speaker. I mean, there's been, there's been so many, it's not just a one-time event, um, but take us back to one of those events in your experience where you've had to really dig deep into that understanding how to turn that adversity into that next step to move forward. I'll take it back to my senior year in high school after my car accident at the doctors would said I had a 5% chance of making it to see tomorrow. And if I do make it to see tomorrow, I'll be a vegetable. I'll be a vegetable the rest of my life. And I'll never forget. I just struggle with it a lot, but even through the struggle, I still had to work hard to finish school. And so I'll never forget my teachers and my middle school teachers, my elementary teachers, my high school teachers coming up to the hospital just to make sure that I was still functioning, that I'm still trying to do the right thing. When graduation came, I'll never forget being escorted in front of the stage. Every kid's dream is to almost walk across that stage. But I didn't get a chance to walk across the stage. I had to be escorted across the stage. And I'll never forget my escort who escorted who escorted me across the stage. He said, we're going to stop right here in the middle. I'm thinking, man, what are you doing? Because I told him when I get my diploma, we need to go straight across as fast as we can because I got I got house shoes on. At this time, my body and skin is so frail that I'm got on like just some loose scrubs and some house shoes because I couldn't put my feet in shoes because of pressure sores. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to get this diploma. Just let's, I don't want to be in the front. But my escort stops me and he said, I know you wanted to hurry up and get to the other side. But what I want to do is turn you around so you can see your support. Mm -hmm. So you can see everybody in here standing on their feet who are proud of you. And so when he turned me around, it was so exciting to just really see that the entire Coliseum up on their feet saying, wow, man, you did it. And so it was in that moment that I said to myself, it was like something you see on a movie. But I said to myself, this will not be my last achievement. This won't because of this feeling. I want this feeling to keep on happening. Right. Because support is the most important thing a person can have, but it gets no glory. But when you find someone that truly supports you with or without the glory, they say, I'm with you wherever you go. 
you're like, man, I'm going to go out there and do some things because if nobody else is with me, I know my support team, my my true support is with me. And that allows you to go farther and do more. Well, Principal Manders listeners, I want you to pause for just a moment because Timothy spends a lot of time talking to students Mm -hmm. and educators about why they should not give up on themselves, but also why we should not give up on one another. And I know right now you're thinking of somebody in your school and that person, maybe it's a teacher, maybe it's a kid, maybe it's a community member, maybe it's a fellow admin who needs to remember that they're supported because, I mean, all the research says it, Timothy, that when you have at least, when a student has at least one caring adult in their life, then the chances for them to succeed are so much higher than a child who doesn't. And I know that's been true for you. So before I ask my next question, anything you want to respond to, to that? I'm, I'm just truly thankful for the support, you know, but this is the, when I say support is the most important thing, but it gets no glory. It's because sometimes you can't even name all the people that supports you. You see this, this amazing person doing this amazing things. They may say, Hey, I thank my coach, but it's not just the coach, right? It's so many people that support goes to that. Sometimes they may never see it. They may never hear it. They may never know it, but when they see you do something, you understand, Hey, they may not know it, but I know it. Right. I know why I do what I do and what I want to do because of support, because Maybe a dean said you can't make it, but my occupational therapist, who the dean will probably never meet, you can go out there and do it. It's going to be a challenge, but you can do it. That little bit of push is what pushed me and what continues to push me. That's such a great reminder. And and so I just want to say again to, to listeners right now, whatever that thing is that sometimes you question whether I can do this, um, you're probably where you are because you can. And so um, if you haven't heard it from anybody else, you've just heard it from TA and, and, and from me this, today too. Well, Timothy, you're a leader of leaders. And so I, I, your story is, is so inspiring, but it's also inspiring, not just because of all of the personal challenges that you've overcome, but because you've transformed those challenges into opportunities to inspire other people. And so your work now has been with, with teams and with athletes and now with schools, but I know in your full-time work, you're working consistently in the college setting, helping develop athletes, helping develop character. And we've had this conversation off the air, but I want to bring it into this conversation for principal matters listeners, because I thought this is so valuable because if you, as you have developed leaders, you rely on three essential questions. What are they? And why do you believe each of those are so important in the way you develop leaders? So my three essential questions that I lean on that allows me to help develop leaders and student athletes all around the world. Number one is who are you, right? Who are you? Number two is why are you here? And number three is what's your why? Who do you do what you do for, right? Who do you do it for? And so when I think about an athlete, right, that's saying they can't do it, I just go to my database, right? My questionnaire that I ask every athlete that I coach character wise, who are you? And if, if they put on that paper, I'm a person that can't do something, then that measures up to them not doing something. But if they are not doing what they said they would do, it doesn't measure up. 
And so that paper is a constant reminder that who you are, you have to live up to your expectations. Why are you here? What's your why, right? What's your why? But you can't get to that without knowing who you are first, because who you are drives what you do. Who you are is more important than what you do. Who you are allows you to go beyond what you do, right? And so the last one is, is who do you do what you do for? And so if an athlete or student is struggling coming to school, you're like, man, you said you're going to come to school for your mom. Are you going to not go to class? How are you doing that for your mom? Right. You said you want to earn the education for your family. You won't study. You're skipping class. How are you doing this for your family? You said you were going to do this for your family. And so whenever you're not doing what you said you were going to do, that's a problem. But that's a great problem to have because now I can really hold you accountable so you can be the best version of yourself. And so Bill Parcell said the only way to maximize the full potential. And when you think about potential, potential is not what we've already done. Potential is what you're capable of doing. Once you've done something, you don't have potential to do it again. You have potential to go farther and do more. Right. So now he says the only way to maximize the full potential out of any human being is to apply pressure. Pressure and responsibility, pressure and being trustworthy, pressure in your word is everything. Right. And so you pressure these student athletes, but you also let them know pressure is a privilege, but they have to make up in their mind, not their body, not on the outside. All athletes, people around the world, we focus on so much what's below the neck that we forget our mind. It's all about what we look like. What do our clothes look like? But no one's asking, what are you thinking about? How are you dressing up your mind? Right. And so if your mind is all Everything else is all. And so we I challenge these athletes to apply pressure on your mind because you can do it. You're here to do it. You're just not doing it yet. Wow. OK, so let's stay there for just a moment, because one of the things that you'll learn about me is I always like to apply this back to someone who's listening to us right now. Mm-hmm. And so many of the folks listening to us are going to be aspiring leaders or practicing principals or directors of programs, folks that are often leading other leaders too. And so Principal Matters listeners, I want to repeat those three questions to you because this would be a fantastic professional development to do with your staff, whether that's a summer retreat or that's an opportunity where you have to sit down and ask, how would you respond to those three questions? Who are you? How, what's, how do you define who you are? Why are you here? What's the purpose that drives you being a part of this organization or this school? And who do you do it for? Why are you showing up? And that can, and those can, all three of those answers can come out in different ways for different people. But when you understand that yourself, that's a driving force. But when you understand about the people who you work with, then you have a whole nother context for applying that pressure because the pressure comes in the right place. We can apply pressures in ways that don't motivate people, especially when we're pressing them in places that don't match those three. But when you're applying pressure to those those areas that matter to them, then 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 you're moving forward. It's like putting gas down on a car to accelerate it. Well, um, if you're trying to push a pedal on something that doesn't have a motor, it ain't, it's not moving. <laughs> and so so those so TJ so TA I love that. And so last night when you and I were talking about this off the air, 
I was like, those are three questions I'm going to keep. And so thank you so much for that treasure. So question, next question, because I'm just going to keep going as long as you have an opportunity for me to share you with the world. Um, As you have grown in your own influence, and this is a question that I want to talk about in your own personal development, because I know so many leaders listening to this right now are resonating with, with, um, with what we're talking about. But I want to I want to bring this inside for a moment because as you have grown in your own influence with helping others, how do you stay centered so that you can still serve with integrity? Well, you asked me a very honest question, and I'm a faith I'm faith driven, and I I am a follower, right? I'm a follower of Christ, and I keep that at the center, and understanding that biblical principles are truth, right? And so I live by practicing what I preach, at least trying to. I'm not perfect, but I strive for perfection, right? And one thing that allows me to be centered is I always take ownership of my mistakes and my wrongs, and I don't wait 24 hours to do it. So I may get hot. I may get upset that someone has handicapped me or said something to me that I know they would not say to anyone else, and I may respond, but, but if I so happen to walk away before I apologize, right, for even my impulsiveness and my heart says, you are wrong, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to take ownership. And as a leader, I take more ownership of my wrongs than my rights. So it's not just I'm centered because I can be right all the time. I can accept being wrong but to make it right. But I stay rooted. I am serious about my quiet time. I have a spiritual father. My spiritual father is my bishop. He's my pastor. He has been in my life. You know, I found Christ for myself. I started going to this church on my own. My mom didn't send me. Nobody sent me. I, I, it's the same school I grew up. We had our school graduation at this church. And I heard the pastor give our graduation speech. And I said, I can listen to him. I didn't come in with a religious heart. I came in in relation heart. And what I heard just changed my life. That's it. I'm not a, I'm not a religious guy. I'm a relationship guy. So everybody asks me and everybody always asks me, what book are you reading? And honestly, Will, I say the Bible. Because there's so many stories and principles and laws. And when you think about judges and lawyers today, they, they use a lot of scripture in the courtroom, right? It's principle, it's laws. But I'm centered number one, by my faith, but number two, with love and everything I do. I love to speak because I remember when I couldn't speak. I love to lead because I remember when I couldn't lead. I love to be honest because I remember when I was not honest with myself. And so I'm honest with myself. I love myself. I can lead myself. I can talk to myself. I can help myself figure it out. If I'm having a negative thought, I can dig deep in my head and give myself seven more positive thoughts. I I, I apply all my research that I learn. And so I stay centered by doing the tough, doing the the constant things that most people are not doing. I used to be depressed. I used to be suicide. So it's so hard for me to not think about what if I never walk again? When weather and snow and things come, it's so hard for me not to think about how will I get around. And so when I'm, I, I have to 
always think how, but then figure it out right then. But if at any moment I'm having a down day, I know how to get it out but and, and allow myself to get it out. So when people say, hey, man, who's going to listen if, I, if I'm complaining? I'm like, I'm going to listen. Complain. If you want to complain, go ahead and complain. But as soon as you have filed your as soon as you have filed your last complaint, I'm going to say, now what? Right. That's what I call a wall moment. So I'm able to be centered and be honest because I'm honest and open with myself. I got to be honest and I live by my truth and truth sets you free. And so I'm free because I can live by my truth. That took a I got in a lot of trouble with my mom for not being honest when she know the truth. Right. And so that just applied to now. So I am an open person. I'm a vulnerable person. I am a passionate person, but I, I can give it and I can take it. But my job that I believe that allows me to be centered is because I take people. I, I allow to help take people where they are and help transform them to where they want to be. But that's just understanding that, hey, we don't need it to be easy. We just need it to be possible. And, and, and that's how I stay centered. There is a way. And wherever all the way is, that's where I'm going. We don't need it to be easy. We just need it to be possible. T.A., you know, you and I both admire and love Timothy Elmore. And something that he taught me years ago is the importance of both timeless truths and timeliness. And that's something I so appreciate about UTA is your willingness to say, here are the timeless truths that are holding, that are, that are keeping me centered. But then here are the timely ways I'm responding to the age that we live in. And, and you spent the last several years now, literally speaking to thousands and thousands, and I'm not exaggerating. You've been to so many schools across the U S and I know your, your work takes you outside the U S. And so you've got, you've spoken to so many groups of students who are, face anxiety. They face difficult situations. They hear your stories, they reach out to you and they're opening up about their own pain, their, their own suicidal tendencies. You've, you've worked with schools to help counsel kids. And so as you, um, as you've helped others walk through those crises, I know that staying grounded in those timeless truths, but also understanding the time we live in um, helps in that matter too. So this isn't a question that I've, that I've written down ahead of time, but I just want to ask this while we're on this topic. But one of the things you talked about recently um, was one of the hardest questions that you've been asked. And so let's just stay here for just a moment, because sometimes you're asked, you're asked hard questions from kids. How do you talk about that? One of those hard questions and how you've been able to respond to hard questions from students when, when they're asking those things that are really difficult for adults to know how to manage. The question a young girl asked me. So I was at a school in Greeley, Colorado. And at the end of my presentation, my keynote, I opened up for questions and this lady at the top, this young lady at the top of the bleachers, she was jumping up and down. I mean, jumping both hands in the air. And I said, girl, you must really got a great question. Go ahead. I'm ready to answer it. And she said, I'm going through a sex change right now. I'm going through the transition. Everybody in here makes fun of me. Everybody in here bust out laughing. She said, because everyone knows that I'm going through this, this change. I'm trans, I'm transitioning. And what advice would you give me? And I took a pause like I did right now, because that's a very deep question. 
And so I folded my arms and I just looked at her and I said, first of all, I am so proud of you because of how brave you are and courageous. You've asked this question in front of thousands of your classmates. And classmates, I want to let you all know nothing is funny about that question because you don't know what she's dealing with. But I want you to know that she is one of the strongest in the school. And so I said, when it goes back to helping you transition from where you are to where you feel you need to be, I want to let you know I support you. But I support you enough to let you know that you have to be willing to accept whatever comes with it. And so my support is I'm here for you. I will talk to you. I will never look at you differently. But what I don't want you to do is get upset because somebody's going to make fun of you because I'm telling you now they are. But I support you enough to let you know that I am here with you. And as long as you are healthy mentally, I'll be here with you. And I told her I loved her. She ran immediately down those steps and hugged me and said that was probably the best advice she ever had. Well, thank you for telling that story. And what I love about that story, Timothy, is the heart of compassion, the, the, the recognition that no matter who we're working with, and I know I'm speaking to leaders right now who can resonate with everything you just said. Um, and it's our responsibility to make sure that whatever the question that we're brought, whoever's standing in front of us, that they recognize first that we support them, we love them, and that we're going to be there for them um, because we're walking through this together. This is and, and when we get to a place where it's an us versus you situation, then we're no longer serving. It's an us and us. And that, that's what relationships are all about. Next question. Um why must, and, and I know this is a question that leaders understand, but I want to, I want to hear Timothy explain this. Why must leaders model what they expect others to deliver or perform in their work? I'm going to quote my mom. My mom would always say, I can't see what you're saying by watching what you do. Right. So it, it it's all got to make sense. What you're saying, I, some people can't see it by watching what you do. And so what you say and what you do must align up else they'll never see it, right? You, as they say, you can't sell wolf tickets, right? You can't say you're a leader, you're, you're all about excellence and you're not doing the small, minute details. Like you're telling a child, hey, my class will start at 8.05. You need to be in here in your seat at 8.05. And you letting the kid walk in at 8.10 and not saying nothing to him. Right. So now everybody in this classroom is going to think I can be late. And so leaders must be willing to lead. Right. But lead with dignity, lead with honor, lead with truth, because you got young kids, you got student athletes, you got them right here in your hand and they would do anything you ask them to do if they trust you. If they believe in you, I love excellence because the coaches that I work with, the coaches that I see are all about excellence. As we talked about with you all last night here at the conference, I was like, man, this is this conference is on excellence. Food will be plated at 630, not at 78. I'm looking at my clock at 630. That food was on the table. You get what I'm saying? It's the small things, but you have to be serious about the small things as a leader, else you will never be able to to receive the big things, right? I am very attention to detail. It's the small, minute details. It's the small apple. It's that spoiled apples 
that spoil the bunch, right? And so as a leader, it's, it is essential for you to lead when your back is up against the wall because you get more people to lead with you and to follow you because they know you're going to lead this, you're going to weather the storm. But that starts with you really living what you preach. As we as we wrap up this conversation, I want to make sure that I have an opportunity to connect listeners with your resources. Uh, but I also want to give you an opportunity to say any other things that are on your heart that you would like to to share. So tell people how they can stay connected with you, how they can get you in their schools, and then just share any other thoughts on your heart that you would like to share with listeners. Awesome. Well, you can keep in contact with me. My name is Timothy Alexander. My email is inspiredbyta at gmail.com, where you can also request me as well. And I would love to just come out and help echo you and turn the hearts of those students right back to you and make you continue to be the greatest rock star in the world. And so my message that I do leave is to let your life be the greatest use of life so that the use of your life outlives your life. And I'll say that again, that the greatest use of life is to so live your life so that the use of your life outlives your life. And so you want your life to outlive your life because of impact, because of influence. I never sought out to be famous because fame is like the flame of a candle eventually to go out. I never sought out to be popular because popularity and population, it always changes. But I just sought after having influence, having an impact, and that lasts a lifetime. And so I just ask that you, you always start with your mind, right? And understand to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's the greatest, it's the greatest thing you can do for yourself. That's what allows you to really be uncommon. But in order to be uncommon, it's going to take unwavering faith and extraordinary effort. Every day you got to believe all over again, right? I told I've been married now for three years and I figured it out my second year of marriage. I said, you got to propose every day. You got to get, you got to propose, both of y'all got to propose every day. Say yes every day because it is constant work. And that's what we do for others. We got to say, yes, we can do it every day. We got to believe every day. It's going to take unwavering faith and extraordinary effort every single day. Because just as coaches, a coach may have so many plays called on that game plan, but we don't know which one is going to get us on the scoreboard. But we're hoping any one of them can work, right? And so you never know. You never know which kid, which you never know which kid is going to be that one. And so you go after that one every single day, right? You go after that one, and then you go after another one, and then you go after another one, and then you go after another one. But it all starts with one. Yes, sir. Well, Principal Matters listeners, I know you have been inspired and I know that there's some of you right now that are thinking, how can I get Timothy to my school? So start thinking ahead right now to the end of the school year, to the beginning of next school year, when you guys have assemblies, when you have athletic teams that are looking for someone to come in and inspire them, when you have staff meetings where you're like, I need somebody to come in and remind my teachers of what's possible. And so TA, one more time, how do people stay connected with you so that at right now, whether someone's pulling over off the side of the road or they're pausing to write down this address in their email. Um, how can they stay connected with you? Because I know you're going to have folks reaching out. If you can't inspired by ta.com, my email is on there. They can request me at inspired by ta.com. And if you have a great memory, inspired by ta at gmail.com. 
Well, Timothy Alexander, thank you for doing what matters. And thank you, Principal Matters listeners, for serving your school communities this week because what you do matters. And we'll talk to you next week. You can find other free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.